Welcome to Van Lathan's Red Pill Podcast. Today's guest, Tariq Nasheed, author, R&B singer, movie producer, activist. We are going to break down the tenets of white supremacy with Tariq today. Who are the white supremacists? How we defeat the white supremacists for the betterment of all society. And better yet, who are the coons? Those are the people in the African-American community who are helping the white supremacists. Uh, sit back, relax, enjoy, learn something. Pop some pills. White people in the room, clap for Tariq Nasheed. Yes. Clap for Tariq Nasheed, please. Clap for him. Um, brother, I have really consumed... First of all, welcome to the Red Pill Podcast. Hey man, thank you for having me, brother. Yeah, always. I've consumed a lot of your media mm. over the past two or three years. I okay. watched a lot of your interviews. I uh, watched your epic showdown with Andrew Schultz. Uh, <laughs> we'll call him Alt-Right Andy. Okay. <laughs> All right, Andy. <laughs> Shout out to Shilsey, man, on the um, on the brilliant idiots. Mm-hmm. But for some people here that are listening to the Red Pill podcast mm-hmm. that don't know anything about Tariq Nasheed, how would you best sort of explain your platform and, and your sort of uh, whole whole deal to them? Well, you know, I do so much. Um, I'm a, yeah, I'm an author. I am a, a lecturer. I'm a documentary filmmaker. I'm a hidden an, colors. yeah, hidden colors. 1804. I'm an activist, an R&B producer. We got an R&B project coming oh, out. Oh, Mink Slide. Yeah, we gonna talk slide. about Mink Slide. Mink slide. <laughs> so I do. I'm like the Sammy Davis Jr. Mm-hmm. of the new millennium. I do everything. I don't tap dance though, but I do everything else. Right, so, one thing you yeah, don't do. Yes, I don't do that. So, um, politically, let's yeah. let's let's start there. Let's start with your sort of uh, political thought. Um, because that's why I first come to, came to know you. I yeah. came to know you from uh, your your interviews on The Breakfast Club, your yeah. interviews, uh, like I said, on The Brilliant Idiots, and just sort of your presence on Twitter. Yeah, I- Explain that to people, and what is it that Tariq Nasheed is setting out to inform people about? Um, what I try to do, I try to inform people on how to protect themselves from systematic white supremacy, because we have a real big problem with that. Mm-hmm. And everything that I've done as far as entertainment, I always notice that it always goes back to systematic white supremacy. And if we look at things realistically, we'll see that dominates every area of activity. And that's something that we tend to ignore. This is why we have so many marches and protests out here. This is why we have so many political headbuttings out here. This is why we have so many um People complaining about the system, but what system are they talking about? And the system is systematic white supremacy, and we keep trying to call it different names, and we keep running into the same circle. So that's what I do. I like to tackle that thing head on. Right. What to you is systematic white supremacy? Systemic white supremacy. Right. Systematic white supremacy is a system where people who are classified as white choose to practice a system where they dominate, control, and mistreat people classified as non-white. Right. And that's what it is. It's always meant that mm-hmm. people try to twist it and try to make it seem like well, white. White supremacy is the Klan or white supremacy is the alt-right. But no, those are just white extremists. Right. Systematic white supremacy is anybody through speech, thought, language or action who believes that they should be in a superior position over people classified as non-white. And you feel like that is sort of the root dominating feature of American or Western culture? Um, well, that's what the forefathers said. If you look at the writings and the words of the forefathers, all of them said that they want to create a system and a nation based on white supremacist domination. These are their words. And sure. they, were, they were very open no, about it. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were very open about it really until the 1960s. In the 1960s, then they learned they had to codify the language and talk in code, but still practice systematic white supremacy. So this is the thing that confuses a lot of people. A lot of victims of white supremacy, we're kind of waiting on a confession, and that's never going to happen. Right. So, so 
I guess by exposing uh, systemic white supremacy, yeah. um, what do you feel like? Because let's say right now that everyone agreed mm-hmm. that white supremacy exists yeah. and we knew who the white supremacists were. Mm-hmm. Then what? What black people need to do, who are the main victims, you have other victims of white supremacy, but the main victims of white supremacy are people classified as black because other groups, they are on the hierarchy on top of black society. Black society, we're like on the bottom. Racism is judged and acceptance is judged on how people treat black people globally. So Asians are here. Latinos are here. Um. Arabs are here, whites on top. Right. But we're always on the bottom. That's the constant. So the people on the bottom, they have to have a code of conduct that's going to empower themselves and protect themselves financially, financially economically, socially, and physically from the um, white supremacist domination. So my message is always to the victims. I don't really, my message isn't for the dominant white society because they pretty much, they know. They know right. what the system is. They know what the game is. My thing is what do victims of white supremacy need to do to protect themselves? That's what I mean. Right. What, what I mean is if if we if because I think though for a long time uh, for whatever reason mm-hmm. we didn't have either the voices or we didn't have either the the sort of access to the materials that would let us deconstruct the system that we live in mm-hmm. and really point to the areas where it was unfair. Right. We have those things now. I guess my point is my my question to Tariq Nasheed is. If your message is being accepted and people understand that we're in a game where that's that's rigged, mm-hmm. how do we then turn around and win the game? And this is what we're trying to figure out. Because okay. the thing is, we have not figured out how to get rid of systematic white supremacy and replace it with a global system of justice. Mm-hmm. See, that's my ideal thing, right. is replace that system with justice. And the thing is, we have to let people who are victims of white supremacy know that there is a system of white supremacy. Because a lot of black people are in denial. A lot of non-white people you are really in denial about that. it. You find oh, that damn. a lot of black people deny that white supremacy exists. Absolutely, because it's an ego thing. A lot of people don't want to believe that their actions and their moves can be dominated by another group of people. So a lot of times people who are victims of racism will say, well, we just need to do better. We get on that type of thing. Right. And if you do better, you still have to deal with systematic racism. Right. Because even in the Jim Crow era, black folks were told that they need to do better. And black people did do better. Black people had their own communities. Black people had that their own businesses that were burned down and ravaged. They still had to deal with systematic white supremacy. So a lot of us are still in denial about that. Hmm. Now, I, I, because I, I have I wouldn't say it's an interesting take. The, this is the way I look at sort of our situation here in America. I'm from mm. the South. I'm from Louisiana. Mm. So there was never any <laughs> there was never any illusions that I had about whether or not there was white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was confronted with white supremacy uh, or racism, however you want to put it, at a very early age. Mm. Um, and it was it's not something that I would say that we were used to but it was kind of a a thing that was that was understood yeah yeah um i think though that i do believe that we're to the point as black people or as any marginalized people where we can start focusing on solutions Mm -hmm. and what i mean by that is i believe right now and this is one of the more controversial beliefs that i have that you know it's not controversial at all within me and the group of people that I talk to, but other people hear me say stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, stuff stuff like this, and it, it it shocks them. I think that integration was actually uh, pushes backwards a little bit, mm. Um, mm. and I, I think that if we were a little bit more self sufficient, 
um, within ourselves and our economics and our political block and things like that that we could actually work cooperatively toward, Mm -hmm. um, that we could actually exist uh, independent of white supremacy. Mm -hmm. Why am I wrong? Well, the thing is, there's no such thing as integration. That's the thing. There was never an integration problem. See, segregation, that's a trick word Mm -hmm. because the opposite of segregation is integration. So we were told, okay, if you don't want to be segregated against, let's push for integration, meaning that we get some type of social acceptance by white society. Well, we definitely integrated economically, right? No, we we gave them our money. We stopped stopped spending money within our community and started spending money within us. Right. But we thought that integration meant that we just, we'll be next to white people and everything is going to be all right. We go to school with white people Everything is going to be all right. Right. And we're more segregated than ever. If we look at it from that standpoint, the schools, now, are, sure, yeah, the yeah. schools are more segregated. So the problem was never integration or segregation. Sure. Segregation was another code word for white supremacy right. because white society, they've always been around us. Yeah. We've always been around them. Black people worked in white people's homes. Right. Um, during the civil rights movement, when black people couldn't use water fountains, that was a very one sided thing. Mm-hmm. When you say segregation, that makes it seem like there was an equal form of discrimination. Whites could go into any black neighborhood, black could not go into white neighborhoods. Right. Whites could sit on any place on the bus. Blacks could not. With the Rosa Parks thing, people think that Rosa Parks tried to sit on the front of the bus. That's not true. Rosa Parks was already in the segregated section of the bus. A white dude came to the back and she was supposed to get up. Mm-hmm. And that was the rule. White people could go to the segregated black section of the bus and you had to get up. And that's where the whole thing came from. Work. So the problem was never segregation. It was always white supremacy. And what we needed was economic reform. Right. See, that's the thing we have to push for. The solution is economic empowerment for black people in the forms of reparations, not just from slavery, but from Jim Crow itself, because that was a form of slavery. So the answer is always economics. But when we talk about economics, all of a sudden black people get scared because they know that white people are uncomfortable with the reparations thing. So we start talking about what about LBGP, LBGT? Mm-hmm. What about this? What about and we, we get we start sidetracking ourselves. I'm not scared of talking about reparations. Yes. Um, uh, I think it's a non-starter, and I'll tell you why. Why, why is that? If we're all agreeing mm-hmm. that there's a system of white supremacy that seeks to marginalize people right. that are of color, isn't it butting your head against the wall to ask those same people to empower you economically? Well, if we're going to ask, see, we ask them for everything else except that. We'll go say, hey, build us a community center, or what we'll, we'll this, do. To, to, to my point yeah. is, wouldn't it be better— at this point to where here's the reality at some point as we're just speaking as black Americans right here um, at some point we're going to have to build these things for ourselves. Right. So why not just build them for ourselves? Well, we need the resources to do that. You don't think we have, um, we don't have enough of the resources. We don't have enough, but think other groups, they come over, they get economic legs up by the dominant society. There's always been a governmental program that helped white society, going back to the Homestead Act, going back to the um, home loans after the after World War Two. They've always had an economic leg up from the government, backed up by the government. White flight was backed up by the government. Without a doubt. Without it. But we've always been cut out of that. And we're taxpayers. Mm -hmm. So we're the only people who have to find a way to scrounge up our resources where everybody's getting the help from the government who they pay taxes for. So we have to look at it from that standpoint. We should be treated all across the board equally if we are American taxpayers. Right. So if we're not going to get that from them, this is why I say the conversation should be within black society. What should we do in black society? Now, we we can do things. We can work and get our resources together, but we just have to get enough black people on code to do that. See, what, and 
the reason why I think this is the most important conversation that's to be had yeah. in black America is, is twofold. Number one, I think that what you have are, are people that are trying to achieve the same goal that um, are, are looking at it in a couple of different ways and can't seem to get on the same page. And I, I, I want to fix that. And, the, and I say that to say this. Um, if we're talking about a community uh, of, of black people or, or a group of black people right. who spends inordinate amounts of money mm-hmm. uh, with specific brands, absolutely supporting specific uh, things, giving their money to all these other things that are aspirational. Mm-hmm. I look at a guy like um, LeVar Ball. Right. Who has started his own shoe company. Absolutely. I bought a pair myself. All right. Yeah. I have a pair as well. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of the the sort of uh, the the uh, the pushback I see against LeVar Ball comes from brothers. Mm-hmm. Comes from brothers. And you know why? Why? Because white people didn't approve of LeVar Ball. That's the problem. Black people, we got a real big internal problem by waiting on white approval for something before we co-sign it. I get it. Same thing with the Panther movie. The reason why that movie is doing so well and so many black people are walking around in dashikis dancing in the movie theaters is because white people approve that movie. <laughs> we're going to have to be very honest. It's a very good movie. I saw it a couple it's of times. It's fantastic. Yeah. Right. But because white people gave it a cosign, right. black people at the theaters dancing up and down the aisles <laughs> with plates of chicken and all types of crazy <laughs> stuff. I, I mean, I, 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 the movie was good, but stop. Right, right. Stop it. You're showing out. It, but but, but I, yeah. I, I guess I, I get what you're saying. Because I got five movies out. I got five documentaries. All of them went to number one. Well, and well, nobody was dancing with the dashikis well, in the theater. Well, well, herein, uh, but herein lies yeah. my point. My yeah. point is that if, and I'll go back to a question I asked you, my point is that if we realize, I, I think that there has to be a, an awakening that happens within black America mm-hmm. to where we understand now, I do think that certain things have changed and this is what I believe has changed. Number one, I believe that there isn't, the reason why Black Panther right now is the number one movie five weeks running. Yeah. And will end up passing Avengers oh, is yeah. because of the loyalty from the black audience. Absolutely. And if we were to invest into ourselves, because the investment from the American uh, tax base, from the American government, from the the uh, the, the 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 white establishment, if you will, I don't think that's ever going to come. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason why I don't think that's ever going to come is twofold. One reason it's never going to come is because in very few societies. Does the ruling class invest in the class that's beneath them Absolutely. in order to empower their their eventual usurped? Absolutely. This is why you always have to come when you talk about reparations. You have to come in from a position of power. Let's go back to the Japanese. Um, World War II, they interned a lot of Japanese Americans, put them in camps. Right. After that, they said, they hey, you know, the they, they had to wait till the 80s to do it. But the reason why they right. paid them off in the 80s, because the, the, the Japanese, they asked for reparations before and the U.S. told them to kick rocks. Right. But during the 80s, Japan got their economy up. Right. Japan was a powerhouse economically. So then they came to the table from a position of power. Then everybody got paid off. See, we're not coming to them from a position of power. So power doesn't respect non-power. Right. So we always we do have to create a system where we are empowered enough to step to them in order to make demands. You got to back up a demand. Tariq, so I, I agree with that. I'll be honest with you. Yes, I think sir. they like us less. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I like, I'm, I like, listen, first of all, you know why this is fantastic? Yeah. Because there are three white guys in this room and they're super uncomfortable. Too. Oh, yeah. yeah look, yeah. Look, like, look, <laughs> look at Donald over there. Donald has no clue. Donald's like, these brothers over here talking about some revolution? No. Like, what's going on? But seriously, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I completely, the older I get, the more my nationalist vibes mm-hmm. pick up. Yeah. And I wonder, 
if the conversation of white supremacy is worth having. Hmm. And the, 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 the reason why I say this is because I feel like the conversation of white supremacy invokes anger. The conversation from, from black people. You, look, you look, think the, black people get angry? Black people get angry at white supremacy. So you're supposed talk, to be angry at white supremacy. You are. Because yeah. white supremacy is angry at you by you definition. Are. You are. But I think the, the conversation of black empowerment mm-hmm. is inspiring. Now, this mm-hmm. doesn't mean that we ignore anyone who's trying to fuck us over. Because mm-hmm. that would be stupid. That okay. would be Uncle Tom type of stuff like that. But I, but I think a shift in conversation from what they're doing wrong to what, we're, what we could be doing righter would be beneficial to us. Now, you got to understand this. Now, let's say tomorrow we start empowering ourselves economically because yeah. we've done that. Right. We've created communities. We've all over the America, Black Wall Street, Wilmington, all over the country, the, Los Angeles, Central honest, Avenue. This is some time ago, though. When right. It was, when, when it was when it was this is some time ago around the same time where you could. Uh, you could still do it today. This yeah. was something. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Nothing has changed. Nothing. Not one you thing has changed. You don't think anything has changed, Streak? Brother, there is no such thing as progressive racism. Either you have it or you don't. No, what I mean by that is, I'm not saying, what I mean by that is, it, when you say that nothing has changed, I, I get what you mean. In that, relation to systematic white supremacy and racism, not one, not one thing. Now, I mean, not one iota. Nothing so it's as changed. bad as it is. What that, it was in 1935. Same thing. What's the difference between? As a matter of fact, more people have been lynched now, and lynching means not just killed by a rope, but just extrajudicial murders. Right. More black people have been killed in the last four years than the 1950s and 60s combined. Mm-hmm. So nothing has gotten better racially. Not one thing. Well, no, I don't think that anything. I think we're stronger. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't that, even believe that. I definitely have to disagree. How so? With that. How are we stronger? I think we're stronger economically, without a doubt. With even even if even if we're not even if we we don't have an economic collective, we're not, brother. We have more businesses back then. I, I, I think we have more businesses, but I think right now, I think whoa. We, maybe we maybe we had more businesses, but we I think, did. We I did. Think, we don't have businesses like I that think, now. I, we just don't. I, I think that the Black American. Um, a, a sort of uh, the economic base, what we can spend, how we can actually shift things, how we can actually change things, is a lot bigger now. And I think, but it has to be aggregated. The money has to be aggregated us, because, though. see, right? You think we think progress is well, we got LeBron James, we got Oprah. That's not progress. You just got individual black people who have been rewarded economic, um, more economic um, money. Right. Uh, you had that in slavery. You had the the horse jockeys who made a lot of money during slavery who. Were black Mm -hmm. so they were individualized but they weren't aggregating that money creating a system that would empower themselves well Uh, it's it's incumbent upon them to do so and and to and and to and and to me i think we're getting to a point now to where what's going to happen is and you bring up black panther yeah so the way that i the 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 way that i view black panther is let's let's look at this because in a fictitious world where their culture in wakanda was paramount to them where Mm -hmm. Everything uh, about their sense of self and who they were and what they represented and where they came from was the absolute top to them. They right. cared about almost nothing else uh, more than their sense of identity. Right. I don't think that we have that. And I don't think that it's an accident that we ha- that we don't have that. Right. I think that it was done very, very purposefully mm-hmm. to subtract that from us so that we believe that buying into the American dream is the only way that we can move forward. I personally believe that we're to a point right now 
in black American society that if we can galvanize the, the intellectual minds, the financial minds, the sort of the, the, the people that we have, the, the resources that we have, that we could build communities all over the place that are no different than this fictional place. That we're right. In. And then when we build those communities, we always have to understand that the white supremacists are going to come up with ways to sabotage it. And we have to look at that and come up with ways to thwart that. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest mistake we make. We go and build these communities. We've done it before. And every single time, without exception, the white supremacists came in and sabotaged it. They would build a freeway down the, the community and destroy it, just like they did Central Avenue out here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Down in Miami, they had a thriving black community. They put a freeway over it. In other black cities, Tulsa, Rosewood, all of them, they would burn it down, put a freeway, put a railroad system. They would do little things to systematically destroy, rezone the area. So we also have to understand what the white supremacists will do to sabotage it and come up with ways to control the politics so that we can thwart the white supremacists away from sabotaging our businesses. That's your job. Yeah, but that's, that's all of us. That's all of us. So that's I all know, of our jobs. No, I, see, I, no, no. See, that's the thing. See, a lot of us, we, we put that on one person. So you'll be nah, our black man, leader. That's you. That, that's nah, you. You go fight the white supremacists for us. So, no, and what happens? Know. I get shot. <laughs> They name a street after me and then put crack on the street and everybody smoking crack on Tariq Nasheed Boulevard. No, what I mean by that no. is what, what, what I mean by that is it is is like I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real. Yeah, and it's my fucking podcast. Like mm. I'm I, I'm bored with discussing white people mm. as it as it as it as it pertains to black people. Right, I'm over it. Mm-hmm. I, I think that. I think that uh, you know, if if there are people who decide, that and that's where we keep losing, because we get bored with talking about white supremacy. The white supremacists never get bored talking about us. See, they well, made the white supremacists are living their 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 privilege. You go online anywhere, you got white supremacist message boards. All they do is sit around talking about black people. They made that. That's a part of their culture. Mm-hmm. This is how they stay on top. They never let us off the hook. They make business and pleasure mesh into one. So white supremacy becomes a religion that they have to practice every day. Black hating is a part of the culture. There was a book out talking about before the election of Trump, they did Google analytic searches and they showed that anti-black hatred was on the rise based on mm-hmm. Google searches. So they kind of predicted that, hey, Trump might get into office based on all of this anti-black rhetoric that's popping up because people will say one thing to a, a pollster, right. but when they go home and Google, that's really an honest representation of how they really feel. And they saw anti-black hatred all across the board. So that just shows they're talking about us all the time and we're doing everything we can to not talk about the white supremacists because they don't want you talking about them because once you focus on a problem, you will come up with a solution. Well, the, the Trump election is actually very interesting. Yeah. We turned out as black people about 88% for Hillary, right? Mm. If we'd have turned out like we turned out for Barack, Trump wouldn't be president. So so, so even in that instance, right, the the motive... And Hillary would not have been any better, by the way. I told, by the way, yeah, guy, I'm, you know... I was one fair, of the people. I, I was one of the people telling folks to stay home and don't vote at all. Fair, now that that elected that elected Donald Trump, absolutely, and which was the greatest thing. Donald which Trump was the greatest thing for black people, though. How so? The, Give me that. Because the thing is, black people, we've already been thrown under the bus. Under Obama, we were thrown under the bus. Obama didn't do one single thing for black society. All of those... Now, do you believe that? I know that. What has Obama done specifically for black people? I'm not talking about that. Let's lift every boat and black people get the crumbs off the table. What did Barack Obama do for black people? I remember that you... I remember you had this... This conversation with Andrew yes. uh, uh, on the Brilliant Idiots. By the way, you don't really believe Schultz is a white supremacist, do you? 
Andrew Schultz, I believe that this dude is a straight up white supremacist. I used to suspect him of being a white supremacist, but now based on his rhetoric, based on the the ideologies that he has, it's almost exactly parallel to other people in the alt-right. People like that are very dangerous who hang around black society with all the yo, yo, yo. Those are the worst ones. You, I'm never fooled by that. Do you believe that any white I, man that disagrees with you is a white supremacist? No, because if you disagree with justice and equality for race, I do believe that you're a white supremacist, so that is true to a certain degree. Mm, so, If you disagree with racial equality and treating people with equitable respect... I do believe you're a white supremacist. And you think that he disagrees with that. I, um, think that his, I think that his viewpoints, and a lot of viewpoints of the guys that I know, even some guys that I work with, are skewed based upon privilege, and sometimes they can't see the other side of it. Mm. But do I believe that Drew or anybody else that I know that fits into that category actively wants to see me as a second-class citizen, mm. I think that's a bit much. But me. the thing is, that's a personal thing. See, the thing is, we have to look at how they treat people as a group because a lot of white supremacists will have a cool black best friend. Dylan Roof had a black friend, and the black friend damn, was— is that real? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dylan Roof had a black friend, and the black friend was making excuses God, for him. Is yeah. that guy, where is that nigga at? Yeah, he, look oh, him up. Shit. <laughs> like, 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 where is— Dylan Roof's best friend was black. Bad about himself. He don't. He he was the Dylan, after he was like Dylan Roof didn't seem racist to me. So, what? Yeah. Hey, Look at your jacket on. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Dude, we're in a lot of black folks are in denial about these white supremacists denial. and suspected white supremacists too. But we're gonna come to suspect white yeah, supremacists yeah, yeah. because I, I, I actually love that. I'm actually, I'm not denial. What I'm trying to this like I Tariq, I love black people, bro. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I like, bro. It, it, I don't know if it comes from my southern upbringing mm-hmm. or I, I watch videos with with I, I see black people. I went to Southern University, it's HBCU. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, I see videos with us celebrating and us really. And I love little black kids smiling. I, mm-hmm. I love black people. I love everyone, mm-hmm. but I I love my people. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's time that my people care enough to care about themselves and put their needs, wants, and desires above the thoughts of people who don't like them. Now, But it, the people who, it ain't about nobody not liking you. See, that's one thing. We try to reduce white supremacy to somebody just calling you a name. We're talking about a system where people can kill you with impunity. Uh-huh. That's where we are. Right. And ignoring that is not going to help it. It goes beyond get, not liking. We got to be real about that. We don't, we get into an ego thing. We don't want to acknowledge that. We can, supreme means I can kill you with impunity and you can't kill me with impunity. Word, word. So that's where we are so, right now. But it seems as if the catch 22 it seems as if you're in, in the one hand and tell me why I'm wrong right. it, it seems as if on the one hand you're saying that uh, uh, this this system exists this system of white supremacy exists mm-hmm. but you're saying that the only people who can fix it are white people I didn't say that but, well, they can, but they can if they wanted to they can if they wanted but, to but if, 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 if a system exists mm-hmm. if white supremacy as a system exists to subjugate black mm-hmm. brown Asian and, and yellow people whoever why would they ever stop it? Isn't it, it like it, they're not? They're not. For the most part, they're so not going to stop it. Don't we? Don't, it doesn't to, seem like they're going to stop it. Don't right. we have to stop it? Exactly. But we have to acknowledge it. We can't say, well, let's just not talk about it. You, well, you no, see no, what I'm, I'm saying? I, I'm not saying let's not talk about let's, it. I'm saying let's talk about us more. Right. Well, the thing is, we're talking about us more, but. What are we talking about as far as us? If we're not talking about being under a system of white supremacy, what else are we talking about? We're talking about. We're, we're talking about. I'm talking about. I have a brother named 
Tariq Nasheed, right? Right. And my brother, Tariq Nasheed, me and him might not agree 50-50 down the line on everything. Okay. But what we do agree with is that black is beautiful, black is worthy, and that black is the future. And so that what we can do— Okay, these are catchphrases, Van. What do we talk about? No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to get to it. Right, I mean, right. I'm not talking about catchphrases. That's just, right. I just want to throw all right, it in. All right, all right. Because, see, uh, that's right. the, all right, we, we need to stop the catchphrases no, 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 and the cliches. No, 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 no. When I'm talking about— Unity. No, no, no. When I mean unity is a real unity. Okay. A unity where we're cooperative, where we agree to bank black. Mm-hmm. A unity where we're cooperative, where we agree to— not aspire to move to a community where there are less black people to aspire to fix communities where there are more black people okay. to where we decide and also put our money and our energy now let's, into let's, building things now let's that we can that. sustain. Now let's unpack that. Now why do you think we have not built these communities? The reason why I personally think that yeah. is twofold. One, I believe that the American dream as it's sold is to be a part of something mm-hmm. and not to be something. I think the American dream as it's sold, it's sold to say, listen, you can come from wherever you are and you can join this. What, it, what they never tell you is there are already people living here in this thing and they don't necessarily want you here. I think the people that have been successful, the smaller minority groups that have built communities here, have built them by saying this is cool but what we'll do is invest into one another. We're talking mm. about even to very small groups, to morally big groups, to even larger groups. All right. So why do you think black people have not? Because I don't like to use the term minority because minority is a trick word. Gotcha. That's a trick word. When we say minority, the white people are minorities. Sure. I mean, white people with one fifth Native American. So black people, why do you think black people are not in an economically strong situation? I think, uh, I, I think there are a couple of reasons. Well, number one, there's obviously oppression. Mm-hmm. Obviously, systematic oppression of white supremacy. Right. Boom. Right. Right. However, that's a component. That's not the entire answer. The okay. entire answer is, uh, the entire answer is, now when we get money, we feel like the way to 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 be free is to spend money with white people. Though mm. the the truest freedom you can have is to be white famous. Is mm-hmm. to be white this. Is to be white that. Is to be accepted. Uh, economically, socially, and sometimes even spiritually Mm. by a group that sometimes blocks you out. To me, I think the worth of black Americans has to be enough for black Americans to spend it on themselves. Mm. That doesn't mean that we don't deal with these cops that are shooting us, Mm. that we don't deal with these bombings in Austin, which I watched your video earlier. I thought you very, very, very eloquently pointed out what right. was going on there. Absolutely. doesn't mean that we don't concern ourselves with these things. It just means that why continuously try to have a dialogue with someone that's not interested in talking about your empowerment? Exactly. And this is why I always say my dialogue is to black society. Mm-hmm. That's who my main dialogue is for. Right. I don't tell people to go to white society and try to explain how wounded we are. I never do Well, if that. you want reparations, that's kind of well, what Well, yeah, want. but if that's what, if we're going to talk from a political standpoint, yeah. if we go to the table and say, what do we want from the government? That's the first thing. That's the only thing we need to talk to the government about. Yeah. But outside of that, we shouldn't vote. We shouldn't do anything. If they're not talking about right. breaking us off economically, we shouldn't have any political conversation. So we're going to keep the conversation with us within black society and come up with ways to empower ourselves on our own terms. Mm-hmm. So that's what I always say. My conversation is for black society. Within within black society, who are the people that come at Tariq Nasheed the most? Um, Coons. Usually coons. <laughs> coons. 
Cool. Oh. Straight up and down. <laughs> the minions of white supremacy. Okay. And that's that's always been a big problem in black society. Sure. We've, we've had a coon problem. Who are the coons? There's a lot of them. There's a whole bunch of them out there. And I don't like, wanna, give, me, give me the examples. I don't, don't want to put no names out there. I don't there, know. We know. We know. We know. We know. I'll look, call some names. Yeah, yeah. We go look up coon train. We got a coon train thing where we had, we had a coon train award where we actually gave people awards for, for being coons. If I name people. Will you give me a yes or no <laughs> well, about whether or not no, these people no, no. are coons? They know who they are. Okay. They, the coons know who they are. <laughs> okay. But the thing is... Why we, you don't want to call them out? No, because they know who they are. The right. problem is, in, in black society, the pe- the coons, by definition, are people who work against black progress for political and personal, economic, and social gains. So it helps you... So you're really this right. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm going to get my personal gains and I'll throw everybody else under the bus because I don't like black society. Anyway. Right. See, we don't have a punishment mechanism for that. See, white society, they have a punishment mechanism Which for is. people oh, well, in white society. People who go against the rules of white supremacy, you are marginalized mm. big time, big time. Just like look at the OJ thing. The OJ thing was really a test to see who's going to be on team white supremacy. Any white person who even hinted that OJ might be innocent, you were labeled as a nigga lover. You were really marginalized by white society. They know how to get everybody on code. Right. Speaking of OJ. Yes. Yes. I saw you tweeting that you said you yeah. OJ's innocent. Yeah. For those OJ, <laughs> OJ's 100 percent innocent, Whoa! by the way. 100 Spicy rhetoric from yeah. Tariq Nasheed. Not even rhetoric. That's facts. OJ. Tariq, guess what? Yeah. There's never been a nigga as guilty as O.J. Simpson. Please. O.J. Simpson. I want you to, li- bro, I want you to make down. the case right now. Brother, O.J. is not. There's no way O.J. Simpson, old crippled ass back then, arthritis, left McDonald's, put on a sweatsuit, some Bruno Mogley shoes, some gloves that didn't fit, a skull cap. Somebody go get Harvey. Drove over to. I'm not even <laughs> I'm not even playing. Yeah, yeah get Harvey. I, somebody I, I, go get, get, get Harvey. Somebody get Harvey. go get, somebody get, go get Harvey. Harvey. I'm, go not get even, I'm not even playing. Get Harvey in here. Somebody yes. go get Harvey. Uh, I, I want to. Yeah. <laughs> please. OJ's innocent as shit. I right. would never believe that bullshit. <laughs> no, keep keep yeah. going because he might not be able to come over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's no way he went over there and killed one person intentionally. Another person by surprise. He wasn't even expecting Ron to be there to kill two people with a knife. And one person by accident. No bruises on his body whatsoever. And there's all types Cuts of defense. On he got one cut on his hand. Cuts on his hand. He had one cut on his hand. Right. And he's supposed to have it on the glove, but the glove didn't have a cut on it. Right. He, t- he, he contends in the special that he removed the glove. The, the special, that was some scripted shit that they wrote for him to sell a book. But they, why would he OJ, do that? OJ is a moron. OJ is a fucking <laughs> idiot. He's too dumb to have committed a murder like that. That was a professional hit. OJ is a complete moron. That's why I don't believe that. OJ's been doing dumb shit all of his career. He didn't do that. He's too dumb to do something like that. Listen, in a 20-minute time span with no bruises, no cuts on his body, and then go home like everything is cool? All right, cool. Like, Harvey's afraid of you, Tariq. Go on, um, go on. But, but listen, there was a mountain of evidence. There was no mountain of evidence. Okay. There was not a mountain of evidence at all. Give People me, just keep using this rhetoric. Tell me, there's a mountain of evidence. Tell no me mountain how of evidence. Tell, tell me, tell me the evidence. So you don't believe, you don't believe in any of the. Well, that stuff is the Mark Furman stuff. But t- t- tell, tell me, make the case because I look at sort of what Johnny Cochran was able to do mm-hmm. was uh, so brilliantly and expertly was to raise the reasonable doubt based on. Corruption in the LAPD that we knew was an issue based on Furman, who we knew to be a racist, based upon all of those things. However, in a vacuum, looking at a situation of a double murder from uh, the the easiest way 
OJ Simpson is the clear prime suspect. No, he's not. Okay. Nicole Simpson and Ron Goldman, everybody they hung around were known criminals. The Mezzaluna restaurant, that place was a known criminal haven. Three other people that they knew were killed. Another person from the Mezzaluna restaurant was killed. It was too many murders connected to Ron and, and Nicole. All of their friends were drug users, drug addicts, criminals. Nicole's sister, Denise, was dating a damn mafia hitman. Anthony so Fiata. The people, they this is why they on the criminal case, they never brought Ron and Nicole's friends on the trial. None. Because they knew that they would get ripped up. They never looked into that part of the game. There were so many criminals connected with them, so the motive was there. OJ really didn't have a motive. The motive, they said, OJ beat OJ Nicole. OJ, OJ beat Nicole. He had nothing o- but motive. OJ dog. beat Nicole when they were married, got divorced, waited a year, and then woke up one day at nine o'clock and killed her. Was, that, wait, wait a second. What was the motive? Wait, the, the motive he, is he a jealous ex husband. Jealous of what? That, <laughs> what you mean? She's with this. New, she's she's hanging around this new guy. He was he was violent. Nicole was to her to Nicole was sleeping with everybody in Brentwood. Bruh, her friend said this. OJ was, knew this. He was violent to her. At the very least, there's a Brother, motive. There was no motive. What was the motive from him being violent, waiting a year, and then waking up one day and saying, I'm going to kill her before I take this flight to Chicago? But you don't think that a, that a history of violence from OJ and Nicole, and by the way, there was a lot of evidence that some that he was... He knew beat. she was with other dudes, so why didn't he kill her then? He, she was with a whole bunch of dudes. Man, listen. Dude, I mean, come, we got to connect these dots here and just not listen to what the dominant society tells it's you. It's not about you, the dominant society. Society. I, I got to be real with you. And when you like, look at and brother, when you look at the 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 evidence, you got Mark Furman, who's an open white supremacist. That's a big who's problem. Who's going on tapes? Who said that he don't like that's interracial relationships problem. and he will plant evidence on black people? That's a big problem. We, we can't ignore that. See, folks want to ignore that. Did you? He said that he will plant huge. And problem. then when they get him on the stand and say, "Hey, did you plant this evidence?" Right. I plead the fifth, not guilty. Right. That, that, it's that, that simple. Well, not that, guilty. Without a doubt, Mark he Furman, planted evidence. Mark Furman. Mark, a doubt, Mark Furman planted evidence. You got it. Mark Furman's involvement in that trial Brother, is enough. Listen, did listen. he plant evidence on, or not? Hold on. Mark Furman's involvement in that trial is enough to raise the reasonable did doubt. Did he plant evidence that or not? OJ, listen, <laughs> let me let me finish. Mark Furman's Mark Furman's involvement in that trial is enough to raise the reasonable doubt to make that verdict a true and honest verdict. Whether or not OJ Simpson actually killed Ron and Nicole is a different subject entirely. OJ Simpson. <laughs> Just confess to that murder last No, he didn't. And that's why I don't believe it, because people keep coming up with lies and the fact that they keep having to drill lies out there. Yeah. Well, he confessed. He didn't confess. It was some bullshit. They fucked his money up and he had to do this thing for some money because he's an idiot. He, OJ is a bleeding idiot. They wrote that script for him. They wrote the book for him. Mm-hmm. He didn't have no money. So his stupid ass went in and did that whole, <laughs> let me confess hypothetically if I did it. OJ's a moron. He did not kill nobody. He wasn't smart enough to do it. That was a professional hit. You cannot kill two people with a knife and have no bruises on your body whatsoever. And a cut on his hand. A cut on your hand and that cut you had a glove on, but the glove fell off. They don't know what to say about the damn glove. The gloves right. didn't fit. Then they said his hands got swollen because he got arthritis. If he got arthritis, how the hell is he committing these murders if his arthritis is so bad? I don't believe that. And no, that would be the first time in American history that uh, a millionaire black person went out and killed somebody. That would be the first time in American history that a, a black millionaires don't go out killing no damn body with a knife. You would go hire a hitman, mm. if anything. Unless it was a crime That's, of passion. Right, right. Listen, no crime of passion. Listen, there was no it, crime it, of listen, passion. Listen, we, look, brother, I can tell you something. That's one thing we black never Black millionaires on. don't go out killing people with no damn That's knife. Never, one thing we're never going to agree on. Right, right, right. Shout out to OJ, though, I guess. Yeah, well, you know what? I don't no even, shout out I'm, to OJ. I'm, I'm no not, shout out to OJ. This ain't about like. Why did I say that? 
Because some people say, well, no, you, like, no, no, shout people, out to OJ. Some people say, well, you taking up for OJ. Fuck OJ. I don't care about no OJ. This trial was mm-hmm. a trial about, um, I'm white and I say so. Let me, Forget the evidence. We're white and we say so. We say this is what the evidence let is. Me, never, let me, never mind the evidence had all types of preservatives in it showing right. that it's been planted. Let, man, okay, well, go ahead. Go let, ahead me, let, me, let me tell you why I think the O.J. Simpson trial, even though I do believe that a double murderer escapes in it. So let me tell you why right, it was right. still a, a, a positive thing. The reason why it was a positive thing mm-hmm. um, that O.J. Simpson was acquitted was because— mm-hmm. Because he didn't do it, but go ahead. Uh, <laughs> was because it, um, for the first time, put on a— national and world scale, the rampant police corruption that was existing in the LAPD. And it it it, it, it showed people uh, firsthand what it meant to get a, uh, uh, whether or not a, a black man could get a fair shake in the justice system. Very difficult to argue that a black man can get a fair shake in the justice system if you got lead detectives calling you the, the, mm-hmm. calling you the N-word. Mm-hmm. So I do think that that, w- that happened the way it was supposed to happen, but just me looking at what I looked at, yeah. I think O.J. Simpson is guilty. Yeah, but we're looking at the evidence. And I live in L.A. I've been living in L.A. for my own entire adult life, and I know how the law enforcement will lie, and I know how the court system, they will get in there, and they'll, they'll lie on you. Fortunately, O.J. had enough money to get a team of people who would protect him from the lies and people who can investigate. But when you really look at the case and look at the details of it, you, you'll see that Mark Furman, he clearly planted the evidence. That's why when they got him in court and they asked him, he pleaded the fifth. The trial was about really using OJ as a proxy because black people were looked at as one big Negro. So they'll get a black person to use them as a proxy on how to deal with us collectively. So that trial was very big as far as white supremacy, you know, taking down one of the big ones. Hmm. They've always had that thing about taking down one of the big ones. But go ahead. You had a website called suspectedwhitesupremacist.com. No, I never had a website. Never had a website. No, no, no. We had a website called suspectedwords.com. Dot com. It was oh, okay. never, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not never suspected white supremacists. A lot of suspected white supremacists <laughs> told that lie. Okay. You did. What happened to the site? Um, it got hacked by a lot of white supremacists. We, right. we tried to have a site up for different people to kind of put up the names and um, um, so profiles just, of people. So this would just be like people yeah, just putting the, up yeah, yeah, names put up of people. About people who have, or in the public, who make very questionable comments mm-hmm. about certain things, particularly about race. So the site... It was really kind of poorly done because I had some kind of amateur people doing it and it got hacked to death. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we might do something like that later on. And also I found out the ADL, they had something like that anyway. And the Southern Poverty Law Center, they have something like that. Oh, too. they absolutely did. Yeah, yeah, I've they actually do. accessed it before. Like yeah. I, I wrote stuff on, I wrote stuff in college and I've actually, they should have do. Yeah. So, you know, they kind of got that covered and it's, it's real detailed. The only thing I don't like with the Southern Poverty Law Center, they have a lot of black groups listed as racial groups. And most of the people on there um, are the people they have listed as extremist groups are black groups. But what they do, they list one organization and list different branches of the same organization to Mm. make it seem like there's this big nationwide anti-white constituency of black people out there. So I I don't like what they did as far as that. So, you know, it is. You think think a tool like that is useful? Yeah, it is, because we need to know who's suspect out here. We need to know, based on certain people's rhetoric, where they might go later on down the line. This Uh is why, like, people, I've been calling out a lot of these white supremacists for years. Who are the most problematic ones to you? Um, People like Alex Jones. He's been a big problem. I've been calling out his white supremacist views for years. For 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 people who don't know, Alex Jones is the face, and I think the editor-in-chief of InfoWars? InfoWars, yeah. And for years, a lot of black people were up on Alex Jones because he talked oh, about it, the conspiracies and, the, and, and the, all that. And the, and the, and the, it, like, this is an interesting thing that you bring up yeah. as far as it pertains to Alex Jones yeah. because about four years ago, 
Alex Jones had a stream of wokeness that's that was with him. Not that he was woke, but people that were woke would link you to Alex Jones things that would talk about, uh, you know, um, record companies working with the prison prison industrial complex yeah. to fix hip hop music mm-hmm. and to do all of that stuff. And a lot of the information that he was putting forth, people thought it was actually, you know. Beneficial for black people to know. Right. But it seems like things have taken taken a turn. Yeah, because the thing you is, you, you got to watch these guys. See, Alex Jones, they are. You got to watch white supremacy deniers. When people go out of their way to not point the finger at white supremacy, then they make it something else. And Alex Jones is very good at that. And black people are good at following that because a lot of black folks don't want to acknowledge systematic white supremacy. So when Alex Jones is on there bumbling, it's the Illuminati, it's the Bilderbergers, it's the Trilateral Commission, it's the the Council on Foreign Relations, it's the Bilderbergs, it's the Reptilian. And all that dumb shit. Yeah. We gravitate towards it because now not talking about racism. So now right. we can say it's a conspiracy from the globalists, which is a code word for Jews, by the way. Mm-hmm. See, they, they talk into a lot. They use a lot of code words. So a lot of little slick things that Alex would say. I'm like, this guy is really teetering on some white supremacist rhetoric. Now he, he comes on out and says it. He just recently did something talking about, well, the, the blacks in Africa, they get rid of the whites. They're going to go back into barbarism and starvation. I mean, so now he's just basically. Well, now he's, he's, he's found. Yeah, he's, yeah, got a, he's dog whistling now. Oh, yeah. yeah um, it, it's beyond dog whistling. He's just barking right yeah um is are are you do you believe in intersectionality um that's another code word that means deflect from white supremacy that's all intersectionality means when people's talking about intersectionality let's talk about race and then let's talk about gender the problem is when we talk about gender what gender are we talking about because the black female gender still has to deal with systematic white supremacy right you know well when i talk about intersectionality i mean do you believe in building a coalition of Black men, black women, black transgender people, black gay and lesbian people all together to defeat white supremacy. That's not intersectionality. That's just victims of white supremacy. No, 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 no. What I'm at, like, what, what I mean by are we all fighting the same fight? We're all all those people you named are on a slave ship on the bottom of a slave ship. They're in right. this. They're going floating up and down the ocean. So in that slave ship, well, I'm gay. You lesbian. What about my needs? You're both and all on the bottom of that slave. Don't ship. they have specific needs? though? No. If you're in a system of white supremacy, you have a common denominator, white supremacist domination. So talking about sexuality when you're both being dominated, that's not going to get you out of that ship. The main focus is how do we get out of this ship? But what if you're not given a voice to join the discussion by the people who are trying to get out of the ship? But the thing is, meaning, I always meaning, say... Meaning, meaning if we're all in the ship, right, and we're all straight, right. and there might be a guy who likes other dudes that is outside of the bubble, but because he is who he is, we don't allow him to come in and... And, and be a victim? And, 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 I mean, no, all, not, not, not come in. all victims wait, 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 are equal. Wait, wait, not, not all victims in, are not, equal. Not be a victim. Not, not, we not, don't have the power no, no, to march the brother. We don't, allow him to, we don't allow him to come in we, and be we, a we part of the solution we, because he might be gay. We, no, we don't We don't have a system to, to marginalize another black person based on his sexuality. You don't think that we, we do? Don't. We, hell no, we don't. We can verbally taunt him or whatever, but we don't have a system to punish that person. We don't have a system to punish him. We don't, But the marginalization might stop them from ascending to a point where they can help and they can add and assist 
to what it is that we're all trying to do. It has uh, name calling. That's the only thing we can do. And we got name calling are also being exclusionary towards exclusionary. You have to have a system and an institution in order to have inclusion in order to exclude. We don't have a system to include anybody. That's the problem. I get it. But what I'm saying is if you don't think that we need to. And and as far as that, we've never knocked the. um, And that's another misnomer that black society, we're somehow shitting on the gay community. There's always been Baynard Rustin. We've always had. Oh, Baynard Rustin. because we had our best minds. Yeah. yeah, we have some great people in James, um, Baldwin. James Baldwin. Brilliant yeah. brother. I love James Baldwin. Right. Um, we, we've always had black people who are gay in black society that we've we brought into the fold. Even in the black church, there's all types of gay preachers and gay deacons. We've always had Very that. True. So we've always the had that. The reason them. why I ask that is because yeah. when I look at sort of uh, the, the new movement of, yeah. of black intellectual, especially as I see it on social media, and this is not to pop any shit, but yeah. I see two guys. Mm-hmm. I see you and I see Umar. Right, right, right. And Umar is, and for people who don't know who I'm talking about, that is Dr. Umar Johnson, a guy who I have probably more severe disagreements than I do with Tariq. Me and Tariq, our, our disagreements seem to be a little bit more nuanced, but Umar is a little bit different. However, he does have some ideas, this is controversial, that I think would be beneficial to the black community, although he is a horrible, horrible, horrible homophobe to me. And a, and, a, and a man that seeks to marginalize people uh, that could be beneficial to our cause. Right. Now, Do you have – are you no, different no, no, no. than him in that no, respect? No, no, because now even though I have my disagreements with him, I won't call the brother homophobe. I won't say that. I know he has different disagreements from his standpoint and also from my standpoint. Thinks being gay is a psychological disease. Well, they, they used to have that in, in medical journals. And it's, it's outdated. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is – and I'm, my thing is when it comes to black people – gay, straight, or whatever, we're still victims of white supremacy. The problem is when people come in talking about intersectionality, usually it's black people who are gay who are brought in by white society. And what happens when they start talking about intersectionality, white society pushes them out there to talk about that in order to move the conversation away from black empowerment. Because normally whenever you see people, especially online, social media, talking about intersectionality, 99% 99% of them work for some white corporation or they're backed up by some white feminist group or some white woman's group or some white lesbian and gay group to come in and take the energy. And then that black person then gets put in front of the gay parade and all the energy when it comes to talking about minority issues and marginalization, all of a sudden we're talking about gay issues. And then you prop this black person up and says, hey, look discriminating against us gay people is just like discriminating against this black person right here. So is it's it one and the same. Is it not? Um, is discrimination no. against gays not the same as discrimination against black people? Um, you've had gay white supremacists out here. You got Milo. You got Without a doubt. You got you had gay slave owners. It ain't the same mm-hmm. whatsoever. Gay okay. people have never been Jim Crowed. Gay people have never been systematically lynched. Mm-hmm. Gay people have never been systematically mass incarcerated. Gay people have never been systematically gentrified. Without a doubt. Gay people have never been systematically miseducated and mm-hmm. systematically put into special education. It's an insult to even compare the two. But they have been marginalized. They've been marginalized. And, and so and so and so, so trying to compare a- apples and oranges. Well, it's no. not a, to me. It's even. It's even. And you you make some points. Right. It, it, without a doubt, it's even less about a comparison. Right. And more is more about this. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll get your get your take on this. I, I think that especially now when 
it it seems to be that a lot of different technologies are giving voices to voiceless people, people mm-hmm. who didn't have voices in the past, and we're hearing from these people that we should listen to them, that we should listen to them and and take in listen to who listen to be very our LGBT brothers, listen to our our our, our who in black society? Yes, yes of course, because they're, they're victims of white supremacy too. The but problem not even about is being victims of white supremacy, but the being problem is man, being, being victims in terms of their struggle with their sexuality. The prob- that conversation matters, Tariq. But in a system of white supremacy, we're all in the same boat. So who he's having sex with, who I'm having sex with, that's not going to stop us unless from being in the same we're system. we're treating them in a different way, unless we're the dominant, because... Who's, for, who's, I, who's the when, dominant? When I who? talk about this, even to black women, you don't think that there needs to be a conversation had from black men to black women as how we treat our women? You don't think that that conversation is pertinent? The, per- the conversation mm-hmm. is if we're going to move on hand in hand and defeat a system together or even increase or even improve our living situation in mm-hmm. this country together, you don't think that black men need to do better about black women? Of course. Oh, yeah. So Definitely. then why can't we have that same conversation about homosexuals? All right, let's do it. We having a con- we've been having that conversation for the longest. When black men and black women are 100% on the same page, what do we got to deal with? What do you mean? B- black men and black women... We we've always been on the same page in the 1960s. The family um, system kind of it kind of eroded. Yeah. But even when the black family was together, we still had to deal with systematic white supremacy. We keep trying to find ways to run away from that because the thing is, another thing when you have people who say, "Well, let's not talk about white supremacy. Let's talk about how women are treated." Usually, those women are brought in by the dominant white society. Wait a second, but I have friends, right? Brought in by white society. Oh, wait. So there's no black woman out there. That is speaking on behalf of black women. You don't think that's I didn't very say convenient? that. I didn't say that. No, 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 no. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. No, I didn't say that. I'm gonna ask you. Right. Are there black women that are speaking on behalf of uh, of black women and them wanting an equal perch with their brothers in this fight, or wanting an equal perch with men that are not being weaponized by white corporations? Okay. Are there black women equal? Speaking how, well, because where's the lack of equality as far as black men and black women? Lack of equality as far as what? In terms of what the do way, we what do we get that sisters don't get? No, in terms of the way we treat them. There's a there's I mean, that's, there's no systematic way we treat sisters. There's no well, well, systematic there, there way. Might, there might not be a systematic way, but right. there, there's definitely a cultural way that's bad. What, what like what culture? Well, how the violence towards towards black women? That's is an dusty, example. dusty ass hood dudes who it's, do that. To, well, no, it, we it, check it's too, that. How, no, it's no. too it's too prevalent. Right, 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 right. So, so but we check that. It's not a systematic thing. The way, because see, the thing is, we, we're not responsible we, for dusty wait, hood dudes. A, a lot of the ways that we talk to our women, a lot right. of the ways, a, a lot of the fatherless situations that we right. put black children in, hmm. all of these things are. are well, let's let's go back to that. Why so many um. Why are so many people fatherless? Why are the fathers not in the homes? There are lots of reasons. Let's, so mass let's, incarceration has to do with it. Oh, white supremacy. We're right. going right back to white I know, supremacy but it's again, a, bro. But, but, but without, you see? There's, there's some white supremacy, but it's also a lot of niggas see, out there. We, we start talking in circles. See, once we well, get no, no, rid of that white supremacy, we take care of that white supremacy thing. We no, can take care we of can, a lot of other stuff. But we, we also need to make sure that the brothers who are not put away are being responsible and respecting the women that are raising future generations right. of black men. Right, right. And so that's that's a, that's on us to do now, that. Now, how do we do that? What do you mean? We, we have to have conversations with black women about it. We have to have conversations about the way they want to be treated. We have to have right. conversations about how they're being mistreated. And when we have those conversations, we have to have those conversations with them as equals. And right. that is the only thing that I think anyone is asking for. But how is it unequal? I'm just trying to understand because we, we use these cliche terms that has to be on equal footing, but how is it unequal? See, the, wh- wh- where's the unequality I, thing I, as far as I, black I'll men? You, this, yeah. this, 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 I'll right. give you my opinion on right. this. 
my opinion on this is that we haven't yet reached a perch to where we respect and value the opinions and the the uh, the forward inertia, the movement uh, of black women enough. That's not true. There's a, a lot of brothers disagree. Respect. A, a lot, a lot. Yeah, I, but I think, but I think. Even in some of the music that we listen to, even in some of the things that we subscribe mm-hmm. to, even in some of the ways that we talk and act and stuff like that, I, I think that we could value sisters more. And I think, I think that even if that's, even if I'm wrong-headed in believing that, mm. they believe it. Right. And so, being that, being that some of, being that the sisters believe it, mm-hmm. we need to have the conversation with them so that we can go forward and battle the white supremacy. As a stronger unit. Right. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not the issue. We're trying to blame. Now we're going to blame the rap music and things. I'm blaming the rap music Yeah, for but anything. that's kind of, well, it's like, the music that no, no, makes No, 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 I'm not blaming disrespect. the rap music uh-huh. for anything. I think the music, to be honest with you, I'm doing the opposite. I think some of the music and some of the messages in the hip-hop are reflective of actual thought processes that go on. I don't okay. think, think hip-hop invented uh, misogyny. That's I why think misogyny was around and hip-hop is a reflection And that's of a great point. This is why we have to have not just a conversation. A conversation don't mean nothing. We need to have systems in place that will punish people for harming black women. We used to have that. We used to have that. that. Back in the back in before uh, the 1960s, you couldn't if you jumped on a sister or you disrespected a sister, you had to deal with a lot of people in the community. Right. You couldn't just disrespect a sister like that. You couldn't disrespect your mother. There's a lot of stuff you just couldn't do. The whole neighborhood would whoop your ass if you disrespected your mom. I got you. You you understand? I feel you. Because we had institutions back then. I believe in that. And we we could insulate our community and kind of look after ourselves because we knew what the threat was. So we knew we had to police ourselves to a certain degree. That's why we need to have institutions. So I do agree with that. But with Without a system, why? What are we talking about? Right. We got to have a system you, in order to enforce that. I agree. You got a bunch of dumbass, dusty dudes out here, and there's no punishment mechanism for these dudes harming sisters. Right. I agree with that one hundred percent. But we need a system. Tariq Nasheed believes mm-hmm. in the inclusion of, bla- of, of black women and gays and all of those people. Of into course, this. okay, of course. By, by, because that's one. That's one of the knocks. That's one of the things that people try to use to assassinate you. And I just want to make How? sure. How? Who? These. You're talking about the people from The Root and these these white-owned <laughs> corporate... No, they don't count. Yeah, they, they don't count. I'm just trying to make sure that we yeah, get... Yeah, we yeah, want yeah. the real... To read, those, the are people, those, those are people from white-owned corporations. White mommy and white daddy puts them out there and says, hey, go ahead, attack those guys. Okay. So that that's nothing. I don't right. even trip on so, them. People I, know my track record. I, I've helped women's groups all over the world. Fuck with it. Yeah, big okay. time. Right. I was just over in Zimbabwe. I gave thousands of dollars to women farmers. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I help women groups all over the world. All Nobody right. does more than for sisters than me. Okay, I feel you. I gotta ask you about this. Go ahead. People will get, get, cra- get me crazy. Then I want to talk about Ming Slide too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what's this shit with you and Umar? <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. Everything is, as far as I'm concerned, is cool. There was some disagreements. You guys so, are good. I'm cool. We're cool. I'm not saying nothing about him. He ain't saying nothing about me. Cool. We had we had an issue. You know what I'm saying? It was something. You know, some some disagreements, some things said. It's all good. You dig? I ain't, I ain't tripping. Everything, so, everything is cool. Everything is cool. Everything is, everything is cool. Um, and more that, power to him. I hope that I wish the brother well. I, I wish him well. That's, that's good. Nice. It's good to see because we, you know, like I said, I don't. There's I have significant, very severe disagreements with Umar on some things, right. but is is nobody wins in the family feuds. Right, right, right. Um, uh, tell us about Mick Slide. Now, listen. I will say this. Yeah. I don't know a lot of black activists that. 
get down like this. Bro. Yeah. With the, with the, I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't remember a Man. lot of activists. I don't, I don't remember Martin Malcolm. You know, having working the shoulder game. Working the shoulder game. You know what I'm saying? Tell, Man. tell us about Mick Sly because, like, Layla sent me shout out to Layla by the way. Yeah, she's um, in the video. By the shout out uh, to my homegirl. Is Layla. she? I didn't see her she's in the video. A, you didn't see Layla in the video? Which one is Layla in the you, video? You'll see her. Look at the video. She's I'm okay. Look at her. Look at the video again. She's in there. Oh, uh, so yeah. um, but 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 tell us about Mink Slide because you, in addition to being uh, an activist, yeah, um, and to being this political lightning rod, you also have an R and B group that you're. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have an R and B group, and and that's the thing. I I I do so many things. I like to just try different things, and I've always produced music. I used to produce rap mix mixtapes back in the day. Mm-hmm. So in between me writing books and doing documentaries, you know, I kind of diddle with music to, to kind of balance my mind. You sure. can't be too extra heavy all the time. I feel you. And I'm a fan of the old school R&B music. So I got a music group. The group is called Mink Slide. We did a video called It's Time. The f- It's like an old school 80s. We're going to play song. a little Mink Slide yeah. if, with your permission. Yes, absolutely. We're going to play a little Mink Slide yes. uh, in this podcast. So at this point, we're going to drop into it, let you guys hear a little bit of the It's Time. We're yeah. going to come back with them. I see your legs. I see your hot body. Want you to know I came here to party. There's only one um, but yeah, so you were saying? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we, it's just something fun we doing. We, we had a good time. We, we, we did a video. The video is called This Time. We're working on an album. The album is called Egyptian Musk. So it's an army. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's an army. Yeah. For those who 80s babies and now y'all know what Egyptian Musk is. Do, the white, do y'all white cats know what Egyptian Musk is? Hell no. They don't know what he just... They don't know what it is. They don't know what it is. Okay. Damn. Damn. Man, I I tell you what, man. We we really... I really got a white ass room here. <laughs> like, I is, got, it, is it like Drakkar? Is, is, is it? Is it? Is it? Is it, is it, is it, is it is like that cool water? Is it? Is, is it, it like Stetson uh, for like, men? Like what brute? <laughs> I it, could tell. Is you it like high karate? You was a brute wearing nigga. You. <laughs> you look. You got the brute. <laughs> I'm super okay. old. Yeah, this kid. How are you? Like real quick. How do you think this guy is? Hold on. Like 31. What 31? 32? That's why. He's, you can he never tell the age. Young. He, like, how old are you? He's 23. <laughs> He's aging in colonizer years. He's 23. He, but he's a handsome. It's the beard, though. He's handsome. It's the beard. It's the beard. You got a full fucking beard, man. That beard is on fleek. guy. But damn, I thought he was. When we first seen him, I was like, he looks like a young Grizzly Adams. That beard is pimping, though. Handsome dude. Yeah, he looks like, yeah. You know, but you know. Um, yeah. But so Mink Slide, you got yeah, to put so, that yeah, yeah, so the, the single actually drops Midnight Tonight. So, right. yeah, a lot of pre-orders on the single. So I'm, I'm, I'm very anxious to see how the single is going to do. And it, it's a fun song. Very fun song. It is a fun lot, song. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people will enjoy it. But Do you worry that putting out an R&B uh, album will make you any less t- take will make people take you less seriously for some of the activism that you do no because people always try to make me the black leader I don't I really don't like that I've always rejected the whole black leader title mm. um, especially f- from like Fox News they always like black lives on matter yeah I'm on there a lot they always yeah. I'm the black lives matter leader and I have nothing to do with black lives matter by the way but they they always try to make me a leader and I'm just not I'm just a regular dude another victim of white supremacy who chose to speak out about it but I'm not walking around with a bow tie I'm not eating bean pies and you know, I I do ratchet shit sometimes. Shout out to the minister. Shout out to the minister. Shout out to the minister. What do you think about that whole thing? Yeah, you know what that thing is. What because um, well, for people who don't know, who don't know, the women's march is losing sponsors left and right because mm-hmm. Tamika Mallory, a member of the uh, a very prominent organizer in the women's march, went to a Savior's Day uh, conference where Minister Farrakhan made what some people think 
uh, were anti-Semitic comments. Mm-hmm. Now you can dive into Minister Farrakhan's comments for yourself and see about whether or not they actually were anti-Semitic. Uh, but anyway, that is the narrative. Right. They have lost some sponsors. Your opinion on that is what? You know, what it is, um, what they're trying to do, and a lot of people from the right, they're trying to um, get a lot of Democrats to denounce Farrakhan. They're doing that. That's the thing. Yeah, that's that's the thing. They, they're being and, successful. Yeah, they're very successful at that. And what they're trying to do is to um, marginalize the Democrats with the black voters again. That's mm-hmm. another tactic they're trying to use. So if they see a prominent black person who's well-respected, like Minister Farrakhan, being denounced by these Democrats, they know that black people are going to kind of gravitate away from them. So it's a very strategic thing that they're doing. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Tariq, let, let me tell you something. Yo. Yes, sir. Black people clap for Tariq this year. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tariq, let me tell you why I appreciate you. Yes, sir. I don't have to agree 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you because you're unapologetic. Absolutely. You're brave. Mm-hmm. And you're doing something else. You have created an infrastructure for yourself. Mm-hmm. Just give you give you props. Yes, sir. That is self-contained. That you don't have to answer to anyone. Right. Therefore, you can say whatever you whatever you need to say, mm-hmm. and you can be as honest with yourself and as honest with the people, the, the group of people who listen to you, as possible. And you don't need to get a check from anyone else. So that mm-hmm. doesn't uh, that doesn't um, influence you at all. And I think right. that as a black community, mm. I think that's exactly what we need. Absolutely. We need to be as self-sufficient as we could possibly be so we can say and do whatever mm. it is we need to say and do. And, and so for that, very appreciative of your time today, brother. Absolutely, Appreciate you man. joining me on the Red me, Pill. Y'all, I need to go get that Ming slide, man. Yes. You know what we're going to do? Today we're going to do something special. Play us out with that it's time from Ming slide. And on the video portion, I want to see the video because they got some they got some they got some heat. Yeah. Me Sly got some heat in this video. You would be very, very, very happy, Maddie. Maddie yeah. over here is married. Oh wow. Married Maddie's married in the back there, but he likes to cheat on his wife with black women. Oh damn. Damn. Only okay. with black women. They, like, only he, sisters. He says only sisters. He cheats oh, on his got wife. A little chocolate fetish. Little okay. chocolate fetish. Okay. So his wife is very beautiful. I seen him. Maddie was like, yo, every once in a while though. <laughs> I just gotta, gotta dip into some Harlem every once uh-huh. in a while. I'm oh, just saying. <laughs> Putting Maddie's business in the streets, and all his black side pieces are gonna want to check now. Like Takesha, Takesha, stop! Chill out. All right, appreciate you, bro. Everybody, white people clap for Tariq Nasheed one time, man. Thank you. I know y'all feeling uncomfortable, but clap for the brother. Thank you. That was amazing, bro. Man, Okay.